Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Monday, September the 27th, 2021. My name is Stephen Cornegay, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day is emollient, which means something that softens or soothes. Emollient. Hope everybody will enjoy their Monday. Back to work we go. Another manic Monday. It is, it is, it is indeed. Uh, the weather here is quite nice. It's crisp, getting crisp, I should say. I uh, woke up this morning to take my daughter out to the bus stop and kind of, sort of, brr, it felt good. You know, I love this time of year. No complaints from me. None whatsoever. I believe temperatures got down to the, um, what, the upper 40s or somewhere in the 50s last night. And you could tell the difference when you walked out this morning. A little crispy. I like that. Good time of year. Good time of year. And also, I'm sure by now we all uh, know or, or, or have heard of, you know, the passing of Michael K. Williams, you know, the actor from um, The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, who passed on September the 6th from a, a drug overdose. Well, the coroner's report came back and it has been confirmed. It was indeed a drug overdose or what they're calling an accidental drug overdose. You know, they found cocaine, heroin, fentanyl and uh, parafluorofentanyl. What? I have no idea what that is. Maybe that's a stronger, stronger fentanyl, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, whatever the case, they found it in his system and they're saying it was an accidental drug overdose. Um, not too sure about that term accidental. I mean, unless, you know, you really didn't know that, that those drugs you were using were laced or, or cut with fentanyl. But what they're, what we're learning now is they're saying a lot of people, whether they know or not, they can develop a uh, tolerance or high tolerance to an extent. And then eventually, you know, hey, it, it does take you. There's a lot of people that are, are, are leaving this earth from the, these drugs laced with fentanyl whether they know or they don't know. It, it just is. It's just sad. And like I've said before, I don't understand that business model of, of cutting or lacing your drugs with that when you already know. There, there's no gray area, no in-between. I mean, like they said, maybe they do develop a tolerance over time. Just seems like an odd business model for me, if I could say that, and you know, for drug dealing, that you're pretty much essentially killing your clientele. You're not hooking them, you're killing them. Eventually, it's going to kill them. Hey, still sad, just sad. And the tributes continue. I believe someone in, in his hometown of Brooklyn painted a mural in remembrance of him. Uh, he will be missed greatly. I enjoyed his acting, I got to say. From from The Wire, of course, Umar, and, and all the other countless works he's been in. I did. I enjoyed his character. He he could play, a, I, don't, I wouldn't call it, I guess, a bad guy. He could play it quite well. Talented actor, talented, real talented. And also uh, moving along to that border crisis down in uh, Del Rio, Texas. They're saying that the border has been cleared. They uh, flew or shipped 2,000 Haitians back to uh, Haiti. And I believe they said they allowed 1,700 to, to uh, stay in the United States with a, a date to go before a hearing or, or whatever or what have you. Uh 
just well. And I'm sure we've all seen those pictures and videos of those uh, Border Patrol agents or whatever they were on horseback, what they say, whipping uh, those Haitian immigrants or migrant immigrants or refugees. Uh, turns out it, it, it was a, well, I guess it's a, still a leather strap. It was the horse race, you know, the, the what they used to control the horses. Uh, and of course, you know, they can compare that to slavery. Uh, that's way out of line. I, I'm just going to say that whatever the instance or, or, or what, what, whatever your reasoning behind it, that's a bit too much. I mean, yeah, they were breaking the law. There's no doubt about that. But to be caught or seen <laughs> whipping somebody with a leather strap in 2021, of course, there's going to be a lot of outrage. Of course, there's going to be a lot of hell raising also. There just is. I mean, that's just way too much. And and like I said, they shipped uh, 2,000 back or flew 2,000 uh, Haitians back to Port-au-Prince which I'm trying to figure out how what what what's that about because you know they were saying that those Haitians that uh were down in Del Rio large or not all of them had came from South American countries who when they had fled from a 2010 hurricane and they were working in these South American countries and somehow 11 years later they made their way down to the border but they were sent back to Haiti where they really didn't want to be so we'll we'll see in in See what happens with with Haiti, and that uh, that's uh, like I've said before. Haiti is uh, for whatever reason is 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 the Haitian situation is obviously getting more and more uh, dire over the years because you know, like I said, that you had people that fled from the hurricane in 2010, ended up working in South American countries and some 11 years later, they make their way down to the border. And then of course, you know, this year alone, Haiti has seen a natural disaster, you know, the hurricane and, and the weather well, earthquake, and then the hurricane came the flooding. And before that, the assassination of their own president, whether they liked him or not, the president was assassinated by a hit squad. So yeah, people are fleeing. I mean, that's just dysfunction at its highest in your own country, a homeland. It can't be an easy decision to leave, I wouldn't think. But after seeing all of this and going through all of this, yeah, they're they're leaving. They just are. Still, just a, a very it's just a sad situation. It, it just is. All right, let's go get it. <laughs> now, this next story, um, it it's it's very interesting to me. And a lot of you may be saying, well, well, I don't know about all that, but it just is. Now, now just imagine leaving your home or you're eating at a restaurant or even waiting to pick up your kids from school. And suddenly out of nowhere, you see upwards of five or, or, or 30 wild boars just roaming the streets, pigs, wild pigs just roaming the streets. I mean, you know, like we would see pigeons or squirrels. You look up, bam, there are wild boars walking around, rummaging through the trash cans. Uh, well, this is what's happening in Rome, Italy, in, in the little uh, little outside towns uh, around Rome, if you can imagine that, of all places. Wild boars in Rome, Italy, just walking around. Now, <laughs> what what they're saying is they're estimating that there's between five to 6,000 Alone in city parks, it appears they came out of that rural countryside, and now they're in the city. 
Now, Italy's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Italy's main agric agricultural lobbyist estimates there are over 2 million of these beasts alone along the countryside, and they're seeking city life. Why are they moving out of the countryside into the city? Food. They're, look, they're in search of food. They just are. Like I said, they can be seen in the parks, along the streets, and they're, they're just rambling through uh, garbage cans looking for food. Now, in 2019, there was a program launched to uh, capture these piggies. <laughs> They would capture them and put them in, in cages they had in the parks. And, of course, they were using it for a slaughter. And, and last month, they approved uh, for select what they call selective hunting in some of the parks. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. No, oh, excuse me. Now, also, they're implementing what officials are, 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 are terming what's called a, a boar coal which means to kill and uh, control the, the weaker piggies to reduce their numbers. Now, they, 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 what happened in 2019 with this program, this boar culling, uh, between 700 to 1,000 annually is what they're targeting. So they're trying to kill, you know, anywhere from 700 to uh, 1,000 to control to, to control them because they, they've gotten, I mean, Man, they must be reproducing more than they can keep up with. Because like I said, they're coming out of the, the rural countryside and bam, they're in the city now. Just walking around, rummaging through trash cans, looking for food. Now, uh, of course, those uh, animal rights activists see this as cruel and inhumane. But um, I got to say, who wants to see a 220-pound wild hog maybe quite possibly literally in front of your doorstep as soon as you walk out the, the house. You know, like we was, like I said, like we would see pigeons and, and squirrels. You walk outside the door, bam, there's a wild boar there looking for food. Those, those things can be, well, they're not usually too aggressive unless you mess with them. But if they're hungry with any wild animal, man, who knows what could happen? And like I said, the animal rights activists are saying, no, you, you can't do that. That's cruel and inhumane. But, um, uh, I don't know, because what the, what the program was doing was, uh, of course, they were capturing and, and killing for slaughter. They were using the you know, they were using the meat for uh, the feed. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that's I mean, hey, that's it's not like they're out there for sport and mounting them. Of course, there are some people that sport and then mount animals. Yeah, that that may be cruel and inhumane. But if you have a problem like this and, and you're trying to curtail that that growth. And you say, hey, we want to catch them and, and use them, you know, slaughter them for food. I, I can't find any fault with that. Not at least I don't think so. Now, uh, and one thing, another thing I didn't know is uh, these, uh, they, like I said, they're using it for food. They, they use it in pasta dishes. I never had a pasta dish with pork before, I don't think. And of course, you know, they're using for wild, what they term wild boar sauces or wild boar stew. Poor man's meal. We know that. Hey, some good eats, probably. I got to say. But yeah, they're, they're quite up in arms about that. They're saying, hey, that's inhumane. You can't do that. Well, who, like I said, 220-pound animal just roaming around, rummaging, rumbling through, rummaging through trash cans? <laughs> what do these things charge you or, or charge a child? Because there's a story of uh, 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 also a lady that was standing... Uh, 
outside of her uh, grandkids' school waiting to pick them up. And she looked up across the street, and there they were, about uh, five or six of them just rummaging through the trash can. I mean, that's that, that, that's 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 got to shake you up a little bit, I would think. Then again, what do I know? <laughs> uh, anyway, I get both sides of the story. I, I just found that um, quite interesting. In 2021, wild boars roaming the streets. That's just that's astonishing to me. But hey, different part of the world. I mean, hell, it could happen here. Who knows? Apparently, uh, hunting wild boar, and I didn't know that here in the United States, down in the deep south or, or the mid-south uh, or, or the southwest from Arkansas, uh, of course, the Razorbacks, uh, Arkansas, down in Georgia, Mississippi, some parts of North Carolina also, maybe even some down in Florida, they are hunting. I mean, they just are. It, it's a sport. It's, it's used, hey, like I said, it's, it's a sport. It's used to feed or whatever. I, I've never tasted wild boar meat before, so I don't know. I'm not going to say it tastes like chicken. I don't know what the hell it tastes like, to be honest with you. Wild boar meat. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, you make a meal out of anything, I guess. If you're hunting for food. I mean, you got deer hunters. Deer meat's pretty good. I, I don't know how wild, how wild boar meat tastes, though. Nah, just me. Okay. Let's move right along here. Uh, looks like a continuation. Uh, CNN news anchor Chris Como finds himself in the hot seat. Wow. What is going on with the Cuomo brothers? Good day in the morning. You guys can't keep your hands to yourself, can you? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not funny, but it is. What is a whole family of perps? What the hell? <laughs> all right, all right, I'll be serious. <laughs> but his may uh sounds like, quite honestly, it, it is I won't say it's the full sexual harassment. It sounds more like um sexism. It, it just does. And, and I'll tell you the story. Now, the story uh, what what has happened is a uh, uh, a complainant, a female, of course has come forward, uh, a former boss of his from his days of working with uh, ABC has come forward and, and she has written an essay in uh, the New York Times, I believe. And it's not the first essay she's written. She, she's, I, I just can't figure this out. But she writ she's written an essay in telling her uh, encounter with Chris Cuomo of this particular night where there was a celebration for a, another ABC colleague that was retiring or leaving, going somewhere else. And, and they were celebrating and what she says. And I quote, when Mr. Cuomo entered the upper West side bar, he walked toward me and greeted me with a strong bear hug while lowering one hand to firmly grab and squeeze the cheek of my buttock. Wow. <laughs> okay. Smooth operator. <laughs> I guess. Now, this part of the of the statement, like I said, is in an essay that appeared in the New York Times sometime last week. Like I said, he uh, he she was his boss at ABC in 2005. Now, also, uh, she's a veteran television producer, of course. Now, all of this occurred. And this is where it gets kind of gray to me, gray and bleak and, and somewhat dismal and awkward. 
All of this occurred in the presence of her husband. Her husband was standing right behind her when he was doing this. And she, you know, of course, says she pushed him off and told him, no, you can't do that. And then stepped aside for him to see her uh, husband. Now, <laughs> sometime later, uh, he wrote her uh, uh, somewhat of an apology. Uh, you, you quote old guys, y'all really don't like to give apologies, do you? Because this apology uh, or statement, or I have, hey, what I don't consider it an apology. I consider it an arrogant, pompous jerk of a statement, if I can say that. And you have to hear it. Now he stated in the in the apology email. He sent an email. Okay, this is the way that you do things, apparently. He sent an email, and in his uh, email, he said he was ashamed. And he also referenced Christian Slater. Now, Christian Slater had got into some trouble, troubles also with sexual harassment, had harassment or groping or whatever. And uh, he was arrested. But Cuomo said he was he was ashamed. And he referenced that, you know, as if to say, I don't want to be a, uh, give the appearance like I'm Christian Slater. Uh, oh, arrogant ass. Uh, saying that his own actions weren't as negative as Christian Slater's, but it was negative nonetheless. And going on to say, as a husband, he can emphasize with not liking to see my wife groped. (laughs) I mean, okay, so you sent an email, you said you were ashamed of your actions, but you also said it wasn't as bad as, as Christian Slater. And also, hey, apologize to your husband for me. That was uh, totally disrespectful. I am ashamed. And he goes on to say also, so pass along my apology apology to your very good and noble husband. And I apologize to you as well for even putting you in such a position. Wow. That ain't no apology. <laughs> That ain't no apology. That's you being an arrogant jerk. That's an apology? Now, the accuser said that she never thought that Mr. Cuomo's behavior was uh, in a sexual nature, but described it as a hostile act meant to diminish and belittle his female former boss in front of her staff. She further states that his apology felt like... uh, an attempt to provide himself with legal and moral coverage to avoid accountability. Hmm. Okay. Now she goes on to say she doesn't hold a grudge. Mm, That's odd. She doesn't hold a grudge against him or at any time does she want him to wants him to lose his job. In fact, she says she hopes he can take this opportunity for him and his employer, CNN, to show what accountability looks like in the Me Too era. Uh, why would CNN chime in on this? He wasn't working for CNN at the time. He was working for ABC. And why, if he groped you, why are you saying, well, I don't want him to lose his job, but I want him to take the chance to uh, show the world, I guess, what accountability looks like? Uh, that's a no for me. You put your hands on it. Like I've always said, when you put your hands on someone, uh, I don't care nothing about your accountability. It's obvious you felt somewhat disrespected and violated because you decided to write an essay about it, which is I'm still trying to figure out because uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, she's written several 
essays detailing her sexual harassment in the workplace. Huh. Okay. So, Chris Cuomo comes into the room, walks up to you, grabs you, gives you a big old bear hug and starts sliding his hand down to your buttocks and grabs it in front of your husband. And then his apology or whatever it, you could call it, uh, I wouldn't call it an apology. He sends an email stating he's sorry. He apologizes. He's ashamed, but his actions weren't as bad as Christian Slater and also apologizes to your husband and calls him a noble gentleman. And he apologizes to you as well. And you in turn say, well, I don't want him fired. I wanted to take this opportunity to learn from and show the, the world along with his employer, how accountability, accountability looks during the Me Too movement. Um, wow. I'm, uh, I know I'm going to go out on a ledge by myself, but uh, this, well, yeah, it, it is sexism. I'll give you that. Because that, that that that's exactly what it is. It sounds more like sexism. Um, the sexual harassment part, yeah, you can go into that also. But the thing for me is, I'm, I'm trying to figure or, or grasp or, or wrap my head around the fact that you're saying that you want him to show what accountability looks during the Me Too movement. He doesn't need to be fired. He needs his his employer needs to also stand behind him. Ah, uh, uh, no. No, no, no. Sounds like somebody's working. I, I, I won't say an angle, but somebody's pushing an, an agenda. I mean, you came out and said this guy touched you, violated, disrespected your husband. Show uh, a little to no empathy. And all you can say is I don't want him to be fired. What, what are you trying to make him a poster child for the Me Too movement on how uh, he, well, you said accountability, but what are you trying to make him uh to come out and give speeches and, and denounce sexual harassment and sexism. Uh, get that goddamn understand that, but uh, no, 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 no. Um, this screams of, um, like I said, an agenda being worked here. Just does. Because there's no way in the world you could convince me that you have been disrespected to this magnitude and you in turn say, I just want him to uh, be held, show what accountability looks like. And she's written, like I said, several other essays and she uh, has been caught up in, uh, well, I won't say caught, caught up, but found herself in some more awkward spots with some more um, men in prominent positions or, or, or when I say prominent position, I, I believe she was the, the, the gentleman from Fox News. He said some derogatory things to her also. She wrote an essay about that. What do you do? Just finding yourself in the, uh, what do you do? Find yourself in these awkward spots and situations and, and deplorable situations. And, and instead of you, uh, you know, sounding the alarm, you, you, you sound the alarm and write an essay about it. Really? What the heck? I got to ask, what the hell? I mean, is, is that where we're at now? with sexual harassment and sexism for a, a select few, obviously, and, a, and opposed to a, a, a fouling charges and, and having them thrown in jail if you can or, or, or sue them or whatever or whatever uh, have you. You, you. you now just write essays and, and put them on blast and then 
say you hope them to, to, to be the poster child for the Me Too movement and accountability? Is this, that's where we're at? Is it that hard to prove or prosecute that you, <laughs> you, you want him to be a, a freaking spokesman for a Me Too movement? Are you serious? Apparently, apparently. But anyway, the, the, you Cuomo guys, good day in the evening, Jack. You guys can't keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sweet Jesus. What is it about the Cuomo man? Now, also in this article, uh, what was was, was re- revealed? I mean, it is his brother. Was He had spoken with uh, Governor Cuomo when when all that was going on with his uh, sexual harassment. And he was advising him. He told, he, I believe they said he told him, hey, when the time comes, just step down. Uh, just step down. It's, it's well, maybe the time is coming for you, but it doesn't appear like the time is coming for him because, like I said, they want him to be a, a pretty much a spokesman for the Me Too movement and accountability. How awkward is that? But yeah, he apparently he was he had spoken with his brother. I mean, it's his brother. There's no surprise in that. And told him, hey, when the time comes, step down. It's, it's you're in a no win situation, pretty much. He was right. He was, he's in a no win situation. He was in a no win situation. And, and and I don't know. I, I I just like I said. I just find it awkward and odd that there she's saying that she. she anyway, this is. Oh, this sounds like a bunch of you know what. It just does. I mean, to think that you you've been violated like this in front of your husband, and 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 your husband and your staff. And then you turn around and you write an essay, however many years later, and say that you don't want him fired, you don't want him to face any charges or anything, any backlash. You you hope he takes this opportunity to show what accountability looks like. Accountability? Accountability? (laughs) Pardon me, accountability for, for being violated because you're more concerned with the Me Too movement? I, I don't know. That's this is this is a bit too much for me. Like I said, it sounds more or less like a of someone that is trying to uh, prove a point and, and also get it, get out there about sexual harassment and sexism. More or less, this is more or less about sexism here. Sounds like sound like they had some little turmoil, a, a little back and forth, and and when. He was on his way up out of there, or she was on her way up out of there. That was part of their little sexism thing. Or maybe, maybe he couldn't handle the fact that a woman was his boss. That's what it sounds like. I mean, that's what that's that's what it is. Couldn't handle the fact that a woman was his boss. So when he came in, he said he was. I guess he thought I'm going to embarrass her and 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 flaunt in front of her husband's face. Well, I, I, yeah, the husband is a great, is a noble guy. He's very calm because uh, wife or no wife. High ranking position. I know high ranking position she has. Uh, if it had been done in front of me, uh, chances are uh, I would have, you know, hey, just would have, just would it, it just wouldn't have ended so calmly. Let's just say that. Hey, I've always said the good Lord knows who to put a lot of burdens or this type of burden on. He he knows. He knows. But yeah, for, for all of this to go down and now you, you, what are you, 
What are they trying to do? Make him the spokesman? It, it has to be. Like I said, she didn't. She says she doesn't want him to lose his job. She just wants him and, and his employer, employee, employer to uh, show what accountability looks like during this now Me Too movement. Uh, maybe ABC needs to chime in and in also. I mean, he was employed with ABC at the time. He wasn't with CNN. I don't know why CNN would. Uh, hey, what what is it that that with these when you go to another company, they're liable for your baggage that you're bringing? I guess don't want to give the appearance that you're not with the Me Too movement. This indoctrination nonsense is just it, it is. It's been out of hand. And, and now I see it just is. Because you wrote a whole essay about a guy degrading you. And the only thing you could say is, I just wanted him to show some accountability along with this employer. Uh, that's a no for me. Couldn't go that easy with me. But then again, I guess if you're working a big, bigger agenda, yeah, I guess he'll take that. Yeah, that's maybe, maybe that's the bigger picture. I'll, I've often been told that I can't see the bigger picture because I'm looking what, what what's right in front of me. But this is an instance where I don't think I see the bigger picture here. I just don't. I just don't. Well, that's all for me this morning. And I would like to thank you all for lending me your ears. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.